0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Fifth District Congresswoman Ilhan Omar is kind enough to join the show. Congresswoman Omar, uh, as all our guests, is on the uh, John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Ilhan, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. A lot. To get to, let's start with Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and what he has done and what he's trying to do involving you. He has telegraphed this for months as he was pursuing the Speaker position. He started yesterday when he made it official that he's denying Congressman Schiff and Swalwell seats on the House Intelligence Committee. Part of what he said is, I cannot put partisan loyalty ahead of national security. He has also talked for a while about preventing you from taking your spot on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, citing your comments about Israel, the reaction to it, and even Steve Scalise saying those are anti-American views. Right now, we've had multiple Republicans come out and say, this is not the way to go. Uh, Victoria Sparts and Nancy Mace, and saying they will not go along with the vote. Do you believe you have enough votes to prevent Kevin McCarthy from denying you the spot on the Intelligence Committee as it stands as of now?
2: Well, Chad, thank you so much for having me. And it's the Foreign Affairs Committee um, that oh, that I yes. <laughs> will be. My mistake. Uh, yeah, no, 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 That's no. Right. Yep. No worries. Um, That I will be appointed to, which is a committee that I've now had the opportunity to serve on uh, for the last two terms. It's a committee that I am set to be a ranking uh, member for the Africa subcommittee, which is, uh, again, a subcommittee I've also served on in the last two terms as the only African-born member of Congress. I don't know where the the votes are uh, in the moment, uh, and you know the when he plans on taking this action. What I do know uh, is that this action and what he has done to um, Representative Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell uh, actually contradicts the statement that he's making. Um, you know, we we are members who have served on uh these these committees we've served diligently we've served respectfully um and we've served in in many ways nonpartisanly, um bipartisanly these are committees oftentimes uh where um members on both sides of the aisle work closely together um, on, on behalf of our nation when it comes to foreign policy or national security. Uh, and I, so I clearly uh, don't understand how he can say that's what he's interested in doing and then do this very partisan um, uh, work of removing the, the, the two members from the uh, Intel Committee and trying to block me from serving on the Foreign Affairs Committee
1: have you talked directly with kevin mccarthy about this would you be willing to talk to him and do you think if so it would be productive in any manner
2: i am willing to to talk to him uh of course i would like to you know it it feels personal um because he's been making this promise uh, before I even got sworn in uh, to to Congress four years ago. Uh, and so clearly there, there are other reasons um, that they believe uh, as, as an immigrant, as a refugee, as uh, a Muslim woman that I do not deserve or I'm not American enough to, to serve on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, but given the opportunity to have a conversation with him, Uh, I I would take that. I I would love that opportunity.
1: I have no doubt that, sadly, every single day you face Islamic hate. I see it on Twitter. I, I see it with texts that come in here or tweets that pop up on my timeline if I mention you are coming on. So let's separate those and the filth from those. For the individuals who still look back, at the comments that we have discussed on this show multiple times about right. Israel, where people felt like they were anti-Semitic, and still have pause about those comments and have some reluctance about you serving on the committee. To those who are open-minded, what would you say to them?
2: Well, one, uh, I have acknowledged um, my my mistakes. I have uh, apologized Um, And I have clearly been um, out there doing everything that I can uh, to fight against anti-Semitism and it is RISE. Uh, I do that for all forms of of bigotry um, and work in a very compassionate, collaborative way with the communities that, that I serve that face hate every single day and their, whose lives are, are in danger of that. My policy disagreements um, on the Foreign Affairs Committee and in Congress when it comes to Israel uh, is not grounds for denying me the ability to represent the voice that I represent, that obviously my constituents have elected and we elected now three times um, and you know the the important and unique voice that I bring. I don't serve on a Middle East subcommittee. I serve on the Africa subcommittee because I have a unique experience and interest um, in in regards to the policy uh, for the continent. And I don't know if there are that if there are that many people um, outside of you know McCarthy and the base that he's playing into that are that are xenophobic. Um, and and anti-immigrant, anti-African that believe the only African-born member of Congress, um, the one that has ever served in the history of Congress, should not be a voice on a subcommittee on Africa.
1: Let's switch to the debt ceiling in this immense crisis, which is looming. We've already passed it, but the Treasury Secretary... Uh, can make adjustments until we get to June. The debt continues to rise. Let's also point out that the debt ceiling increase has been okayed almost 50 times by Republicans, that uh, President Trump, when he was in charge for his four years, signed off on a debt ceiling increase three separate times. But I ask this: The White House is saying we're not going to negotiate at all; that it's it's paying our past bills, and that's what it is. But we have the debt and the deficit that continue to increase. When Joe Biden was vice president, he negotiated with Mitch McConnell. Barack Obama okayed that. Shouldn't we be able to do both? That we sign off on increasing the debt ceiling, don't put our economy in, in any more of a crisis situation but also negotiate because we do have Republicans and Democrats who are in charge and we can try to get big things done in, in some way to slow down the increase of the debt?
2: I mean, we certainly should work uh, to, to balance uh, the, the budget. Uh, what I don't think we should be doing is holding – um, the the debt ceiling, the, the increasing the debt ceiling um, hostage uh, to to negotiations. If you remember when I got sworn in, it was the longest shutdown in U.S. history for about like 35 yep. days, uh, and it 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 was negotiated um, to 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 end the shutdown with without any concession. Uh, and I, I think that's what the Republicans, again, are looking to do, hold our country hostage uh, and, and then eventually say yes. The president has been very clear in saying we are willing to negotiate, make concessions, do everything that is necessary. Those conversations need to happen outside of the work that we need to do in paying, paying our bills and increasing the debt ceiling. Uh, and so I, I, I think we can do both. I don't think the debt ceiling conversation should be um, held hostage uh, into the negotiations of balancing our, our budget.
1: So just to just to pin that down, if Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and the Republicans in the House say, we're not negotiating, we, we will not sign off on the debt ceiling increase unless we get some negotiations, are you willing to say, no to that and if mccarthy then signs off on what could lead to a government shutdown you will say i am not going to negotiate at all and so if 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 this shutdown happens it's on mccarthy but i'm not going to i don't want the biden administration be involved in any talks on this particular point
2: i think it is unfair to the american people to say that we are going to shut down the the government uh, unless, um, you know, politicians are willing to to negotiate. I think negotiations can happen without the threats of shutting down our government. I hope that they are sensible enough uh, to come up with policies around balancing the budget that the White House can negotiate and Democrats in the minority um, in, in the House and in the majority in the Senate can as well without threatening to shut down the government.
1: Two last points, and we'll let uh, Congresswoman Omar uh, go. We appreciate her coming on. She's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. Uh, you approved of a special prosecutor looking at classified documents Involving President Biden, there are Democrats who look at this and say, Joe Biden has lost the high road. Joe Biden is going to put himself in a position to be criticized when before this was all on President Trump. And some want to say congratulations to Joe Biden on one term. And they want someone outside of Joe Biden, a Democrat, to be the next president of the United States. Are you at that point or do you want to tell us right now that you're 100 percent supporting Joe Biden to continue into his second term?
2: I, I have been uh, very clear uh, in the fact that uh, the, the president in the last two years have has worked diligently with us here in the House uh, and in the Senate to deliver for the American people. Uh, and I believe if he chooses to continue to do this work and serving, and he believes he is still up to it, uh, that he will have my support as the Democratic nominee for president.
1: I want to get your final thoughts on what has taken place over the last week at Hamlin with an adjunct professor putting in a syllabus in our class and then telling the students that a historic Uh, portrait of the Prophet Muhammad would be shown. Uh, Even with the warning, there was a prominent member of the class who was very upset about it, felt like it was something that uh, an individual of the Muslim faith, because of their belief, should not be shown, and this was uh, insulting, and was an outrage, and the adjunct professor was not brought back, and it caused a lot of conversation. Uh, there's been backpedaling by the university saying we may have handled this poorly. We'd like to apologize to the adjunct professor. She is still suing the school. We now had a vote from the faculty in the last 24 hours where they have voted 72 to 21 to remove the Hamlin professor. As one who is very visible uh, and has spoken about her Muslim faith in this conversation and is well aware of this story, What is your view on how this has played out so far and what should happen going forward?
2: Uh, I think that um, the conversations that have been had, uh, even though I've I've not been uh, previewed to them um, as as much as you might have, um, I think are healthy and and helpful. Uh, I don't believe that the professor should have lost uh, her job. I think the the situation does not uh, feel Islamophobic to me. Um, you know, I, I I don't think someone doing something that uh, feels against my my faith or the ways in which I feel is appropriate in practicing it um, does not offend me, <laughs> and it shouldn't really offend uh, people. We we live in a society where it is important for us to coexist. This is obviously historic art, um, and art and culture exist for a reason. Uh, And I think if the student um, felt that she did not want to experience it herself, um, I thought, I think it would have been appropriate for her or him to excuse themselves Um, instead of, I think, making uh, all of us have. To answer for um, this really unfortunate uh, situation and um, and leading to a professor losing um, her her job.
1: Do you have an opinion on whether the president of the university should be let go because of the way she handled this situation? I do not. Congresswoman, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate the time. We'll reach out again.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great
1: day, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. On the show, a lot of people reacting. We appreciate that at six five one four six one nine two two six.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.